Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm coming to you with one of the most important commercials that I've ever done. All of you know what my pillow and myself have gone through in the last eight months in my efforts to bring the truth forward. Well, now you can help in a couple ways. First, get everyone you know to go to my new media platform, frankspeech.com. There you'll find all the footage from my cyber symposium and many other important broadcasts. Also, I am personally doing a new daily live show to get the truth out. It's at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Secondly, I'm offering some of the best prices ever on my pillow products, but they're only available on frankspeech.com. Go to frankspeech.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive these exclusive MyPillow offers. Thank you and God bless. Make sure and put the code word Kate, K-A-T-E. This will get you up to 66% savings at MyPillow.com. The code word Kate, my first name, K-A-T-E. Help support Mike, help support this show, and help support yourself in getting some amazing, amazing products. These are the best ones I've ever owned. Go to MyPillow.com, code word Kate. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Constant sorrow. Daly show. All right. You know what? I'm going to actually play. I'm going to play a story for you. I can only take so much with the news today. It's a Friday. I'm looking forward to the weekend. So I'm going to play kind of a heartwarming um, story for you from the moth. Um, I love these guys. Uh, A lot of them are really too liberal that I would want to play them. But sometimes, you know, they can strike a chord. I think we can all agree that we need to love, especially with the holidays (laughs) coming upon us, family and friends. And I, I think that we can always, always love those people that are hard to understand. And I think it's a great lesson. It's a great lesson for me. It's a very humbling lesson to say, you know what? I still need to love the people that I don't understand very well. And that um, I think uh, Christianity as a whole teaches this, right? And we need to find the good. And here's a dad who has really struggled to love his son and his story, I thought, was so funny. I really, really, really just wanted to share this with you today. And uh, let's try to find the good, shall we? Here you go. Here's Kemp Powers telling his story. Here you go. Oh, whoops. And I need to actually shut off. <laughs> this is how live radio is. What can I say? It's live radio. Okay. Um, hold the line just a moment. And we'll shut this off. And there we go. Okay. All right. So back here with you. And uh, let's go ahead and play this. You'll love this. Here we go. Standing alone on a subway platform in the Carroll Garden section of Brooklyn. It's 1986. And I'm alone because I've just missed the doors closing on this particular F train. Now, by the time I realize my mistake, it's too late. The train starts moving, and my eyes are trying to track the passing windows on the subway cars and I catch little glimpses of groups of kids who are riding in the empty spaces in between those cars. I suddenly hear this loud crack and turn around and look behind me, and I see the D-cell battery that just missed my head rolling to a stop. You see, the kids who are riding on the train are actually chucking batteries at the people standing on the platform. And by people, I mean me. So I cover my face, I duck low, and I run as fast as I can for the exit, occasionally hearing more cracks as 
batteries zip by and ricochet behind me until eventually the train speeds out of the station. On this day, none of them got me, and I'm relieved. But there's always going to be other days. It's amazing the things that we can train ourselves to become accustomed to. And growing up in what you have to describe as the battlefields of Brooklyn in the 80s, I became accustomed to a lot. The sight of blood when it pours out of a gaping wound, the peculiar scent of cheap paint when it burns from one too many house fires. Some people say that enduring these experiences gives us character. And if that's the case, then by the time I was an adult, I was overflowing with character. When my son was born, I remember holding him in my arms and thinking, you know, if through genetic osmosis we pass certain traits onto our children, then this boy was going to be ready for anything. But my son ended up surprising me in very different, unexpected ways. And I often found myself asking, just why is my son such a little bitch all the time? <laughs> The, the whining, the quick descents into tears, these things were the fuel that fed the ass kickings the city streets delivered on a daily basis. And my son is like that kid who didn't have the common sense not to let his mother drop him off right in front of school because he was afraid to take the subway. It's like that kid was almost asking for the rotten egg that was going to be thrown at his head later on in the day. And I have to admit, my son and I would not have been friends as children. <laughs> when he was younger, I found his soft but inquisitive nature really entertaining. When his preschool held their first mock presidential elections, my son was the only person who abstained from voting. <laughs> he, he said that he didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And I can't count how many times he's been on the losing end of some of the absolute worst schoolyard trades in all of West Los Angeles, where we live right now. Like the time that he traded away a brand new, gigantic Transformers robot for this torn up, worthless comic book. So at first, I blame California and its progressive learning. <laughs> Starting in preschool, it seems like there's no such thing as conflict resolution because no one seems willing to acknowledge that kids are actually in conflict. Every child is required to, to call every other child my friend all the time. And what do we do when my friend gouges me in the face, the teacher asks. And I say, kick his ass. But see, I can't say that out loud because that would make me a bad parent. The answer to the question is, we asked my friend what I did that made him so angry. And if that's not opening the door to a repeat offense, I just don't know what is. The only lessons I learned when I was a kid are in perseverance. You either silently endure, you break, or you fight back. And in reality, the only answer is to fight back. And my son never fights back. He, when someone takes something from him, he just cries himself into a puddle. And honestly, I was starting to worry if I was failing in my duties as a father. If I wasn't preparing him adequately for this harsh world if he was just going to be plowed over. And it sure wasn't helping, helping to toughen him up that he spent his summers in camps that didn't do anything but arts and crafts and trips to Disneyland. 
My summers were spent either sweltering in our apartment or, if I was really unlucky, on vacation down in North Carolina, where I spent my days fighting with the local hillbillies, my nights trying to build up the courage to go to the bathroom in an outhouse, and having all of my snack foods rationed by my aunt. One chore completed got me one cheese at doodle And these weren't your typical chores. Making your bed is a requirement, not a chore. A chore would be like going out to a dark shed at night and having to clean off all the webs, scorpions, and critters from a dilapidated old tractor. Or um, having to pick your body weight in corn or tomatoes. And that's a lot of work for a damn cheese doodle. But I did it. And it's work my son has never had to do. His only chores are to clean his room and to spritz his pet frog. (laughs) (laughs) And I have no doubt that if I didn't actually miss the frog for him, that thing would die like within a week. And if I took away all his snack foods, he'd probably fall into such a depression that no amount of Paxil would pull him out of it. It's... Sorry. Yeah, so I blamed his white mother. (laughs) Yeah. Because, after all, how could I explain my little caramel-colored Woody Allen's seeming hypersensitivity to the entire world around him? I mean, there was no rabid, mangy animal that he didn't want to take home. And there was no deranged homeless person who we walked by that he couldn't engage in a heavy, involved conversation. (laughs) I mean, when I was his age, I was completely oblivious to the outside world. You see, being New Yorkers, we were perpetual renters. That meant we moved around a lot. In theory, it's easy, but the reality is being a single mom with four kids, moving is anything but easy. But my mom had a hard rule that she lived by. When the drama reaches your front door, it's time to go. And sadly, the drama reached our front door a lot. See, I had three much older sisters, but they were all about a year to a year and a half apart in age. This meant they all got to go to the same school at the same time. Now, having two relatives in one school could be called a family, but I think when you have three in one school, you have to call that a gang. (laughs) This meant most trips outside of our cramped apartment either began or ended in fights with other neighborhood girls. And these fights got so common that it got to the point where they would actually ring our doorbell. And when my mother answered, they'd say politely, Hello, Miss Powers, is it okay if your daughter comes out to fight? (laughs) But don't let the politeness fool you. I mean, these fights got really, really bad. I remember one time my father brought my sister Stephanie home early from school. She'd been suspended for a week because she'd slashed up another girl's face with a razor blade. And don't act surprised, that was common back then because a girl could carry a razor comfortably all day in her mouth in the space between her cheek and her tongue. My son couldn't carry a razor in his mouth on his best day. As a matter of fact, he's already achieved what I call the mythical twofer. He's um, cut himself with safety scissors. (laughs) And he's managed to split open his eyebrow on a rounded, edge-free table. (laughs) And... Even if he could, I doubt he could handle the fallout from these Pyrrhic victories. Case in point, back when I was his age, I remember one morning, it was a Saturday morning, I was sitting in the living room watching my cartoons and eating a bowl of Apple Jacks. 
Someone, most likely the boyfriend of one of my sisters, too many enemies to count, flung a Molotov cocktail at our front door, and it almost burned the whole building down. I remember the adults running around frantically and panicking as the smoke crept under the door, but I didn't move. I just sat there, kept eating my Apple Jacks, and watched my cartoons. The fire department arrived, they doused the flames, and I hadn't moved. I remember actually being surprised the next morning when I left the apartment and the entire hall was completely black from the intense heat, which was covered in soot. All except one spot right by our front door where someone had actually written into the soot, we know where you live, Ms. Powers. It's time to go. Years later, I'm sitting at my kitchen table with my son and he's eating his favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Only he hasn't finished the bowl. Instead, he's been collecting Band-Aids, and he's gathering them into this big pile in the center of the table. I tell him it's just a field trip, and that nothing's going to happen to him (laughs) that requires this amount of medical supplies. (laughs) And he looks at me puzzled. He says, they're not for me, Dad. I need all this because if something happens to one of my friends, I need to be able to take care of them. If something happens to one of my friends... I need to be able to take care of them. And it's at that point that I realized the error of my character assessment. You see, my son was a sweet boy. But after how I'd grown up, I couldn't process his sweetness as anything other than weakness. In scorning him for his obvious inability to flourish in the world that I knew, I totally missed the point that he was being guided through a world in which compassion and love were all around him, as opposed to being lost on the edge of a fist on the tip of a baseball bat or down the barrel of a gun. See, I hope that in my life my son never knows what it's like to have his shoes stolen from off of his feet. I hope that he's never subjected to the humiliating ritual of having to go out to a tree and select the branch with which he's going to be beaten. I don't want him to know the scent of gunfire, and I don't want him to know the awful sound of someone dying in your arms. These are things I know. I still think my son and I wouldn't have been friends as children. (laughs) I mean, how could we, man? He couldn't have saved me. He couldn't have helped me strike out at those who hurt me. But I draw new comfort in knowing that our not having been friends wouldn't have been because of his inability to outsmart the vicious world we called home, but from my jealousy at his not having needed to. So I help him gather all his band-aids up into his bag, And even though I know he's going to get grief for it from the other boys, on this day, I let him take his favorite stuffed animal to school, too. (laughs) Because what my son's known all along, and what I'm sadly just now learning, is that being kind and decent is nothing to be ashamed of. Be right back, Kate Daly Show. I have some things to say about that. Be right back. Hi, everybody. Go to the bottom of my homepage. You're going to see an ad for Z-Stack, Dr. Zelenko's new vitamin supplement that combines zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, and vitamin D. All of those things that we talk about on the show, he has combined them into one supplement. Dr. Zelenko is a board-certified physician in New York. He was the one that gave ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to Trump and told him about that, and he was really the guy that started the frontline doctors. Dr. Zelenko formulated the Support Your Immune Function 
Collagen Supplement. Zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Take this every day. This is a great combination of a supplement that you can take of all the things we talk about on the show. This is an amazing product to keep you well and make sure that you go get this. This is also manufactured in the USA. Head and order this. Go to the bottom of my homepage at Kate Daly. Hi, this is Kate. Make sure and go to preparewithkate.com. Preparewithkate.com. You're going to get special deals from my Patriot Supply and a payment plan. Isn't that amazing? You can do this on payments, which makes it easier on the budget. But make sure you have a food supply. Make sure you're um, adding to that food supply. All you need to do is go to preparewithkate.com. Thanks, you guys. Radio.com. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. I'm on someone to help me. I'm on an somebody's I'm on an someone to hold me down. I'm on an someone to care. I'm on a ride and shake my body. I start pulling out my hair. This song is so great. <laughs> it's called SOB. That's why I can't play the uh, I can't play the part of the track. Oh, that's the chorus. But um, Nathaniel Ratliff and uh, the Night Sweat. That's a great song. It's just a fun song. You know what I mean? Just fun. Welcome back to the show. I played uh, the the podcast from the Moth. The Moth is uh, live stories. Okay. Sometimes celebrities do them, and mostly just people do them, and they're hilarious. And a lot of them are very liberal, as you could kind of catch the tone of the last of the one that I just played. A little more liberal. I mean, just you're gonna, you're going to get that with these podcasts, but. I loved the podcast for one simple reason. And, you know, I talk a lot about masculinity and how we're losing that in society. And that wasn't why I picked that story. The reason I picked that story is, number one, it was funny (laughs) and uh, it was told in such a great way. But number two, it was really the struggle to understand someone that you have a hard time understanding. And I think we could all identify with that part of it. And humbly, I have to admit, it's difficult for me to do that. It's hard sometimes. I'm probably the least judgy person you'll ever meet in your life. I really am. I just, it's kind of like how I feel about gay rights. If you want to make the choice, great. I don't, you know, it's your life. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm really a libertarian when it comes to make your choice, free will, free agency, fine. I just don't like the political factions of it. But I'm actually not a judgy person. I just recognize, and as we're all getting together for holidays, family, friends, and all kinds of things, that I might not understand as well somebody that's more tough for me to understand. And I think one of the biggest lessons is in this life right now, that we're in right now, is going to be having to try to communicate with people we don't understand. And it could be People in the medical community, in your family or friends that don't understand what you know. It could be politicians or uh, people in elected office that don't get it. It could be um, lefties that you have a real hard time with because they believe exact opposite things that you do that contradict every single moral and value that you have. Um, It can be someone in your family that is making choices you don't agree with. And I, I have to, I struggle with this because I, I know that you might too. I think all of us do on some level, but it, listening to a podcast like that kind of brings me back to 
look, my life has to be a representation of still being kind to people and still understanding that they might not know what I know. And it could even be your church. It could even be your um, government. It could be your whatever it is right now that you're struggling with. And you think, but I know what I know and I can't unknow that. And maybe it might take a while for them to catch up. And maybe, maybe people make choices in their lives and then they finally get it. I don't know. But we still have to love them in between. We still have to be patient. And that's a big lesson for me. I'm just speaking from my life very humbly in admitting that it's tough. It is tough. But maybe that's one of the things we're supposed to do down here <laughs> is sharpen that skill of still being patient, kind, and loving to those that we disagree with or don't understand. And I think that was his lesson. And uh, that was called, Where'd That Apple Go? Um, I also wanted to play this one because I just thought it was funny. And uh, it's called, um, it's called Hildy's Husband's Wake. <laughs> it's really, it's really cute. And uh, this older woman arrives at a wake. And so I'll play this. This is only five minutes, but I, I just, I wanted to play this for you because it's Friday and because I need a little break from the disastrous headlines. I put a lot on show notes, by the way, that I really want you to, to go look at because it's really, there's a lot there and I'll be adding to it too when I get off the show. Um, but here's uh, Hildy's Husband's Wake by Linda King. Here you go. You know, it may be hard for some of you to believe, but I love a good wake. <laughs> Funerals, not so much, too much standing and kneeling and moaning and mumbling, but a good wake. You walk in, you sign the book at the back, you proceed to the front, you offer your sympathy to those on the first row. You view the deceased for maybe 15 seconds or so, turn around and proceed to the rear where you get to catch up with all the people you haven't seen since the last wake. <laughs> now, I was parked across the street from Mackin's funeral home in Island Park. Their lot did not have one single space available. They're the kind of place that has two, maybe three rooms and they can have multiple bereavements at the same time. I was here because my friend Hilda's husband had died. Now notice I said died, not passed. People die. Kidney stones pass <laughs> if you're lucky. Now, I didn't know Hilda's husband. I had never met him. I wouldn't have known him had I tripped over him. But I knew her. She was a friend. And I think that the rituals of death are largely for the comfort of the living. So anyhow, I walk into the lobby, and there she is, sitting by herself. Um, I walked up to her and we spoke for a couple of minutes. She said that the reason she was out there in the lobby was that his wake was so full of people, particularly his family, and it was getting very emotional, and it was getting very warm in there, and she just needed some air to clear her mind a bit. 
So we chatted again, and she proceeded to move off down the center aisle to um, join her family mourners. I, on the, in the meantime, wandered around the lobby, picking up the flyers, the business cards. I was one time at a moratorium in Queens where they actually had postcards for you to pick up and send to somebody. <laughs> what do you write on a postcard from a moratorium? <laughs> so. so I moved to the rear also, went into the room on the right, and signed the book, moved slowly to the front, expressed my condolences to the folks on the first row, although I didn't know any of them, and proceeded to view the deceased. Now, I'm a woman of a certain age, uh, retired. Some people might say settled, but they'd be wrong. <laughs> Hilda was maybe 10, 15 years my junior, and this fella lying in the casket was 20 years younger than her. <laughs> I thought to myself, Go on, girl, do your thing, do your thing. So, as I'm standing there, respectfully for my 10 or 15 seconds, someone approaches me, and it's a man about my own age. And he says to me, Mrs. King, did you know him from the group? And I said, well, to tell the truth, I didn't know him at all. I'm a friend of his wife, Hilda's. The gentleman looked at me, sort of knit his brow, pursed his lips, and said, Mrs. King, my son was not married. And he looked at, he said, I think you're in the wrong room. <laughs> well, he looked at me, and I looked at him, and we started to snicker. <laughs> then it turned into giggles. And before it got to a raucous chuckle, I said to him, you know, I think I'd better move to the rear. It doesn't look right for the father of the deceased and some strange woman to be standing over the casket laughing. <laughs> so he thanked me for having made it a little, the, the situation a little lighter and I did slide right to the back, cross the hall to Hilda's husband's wake. Oh man, too funny. Um, so some of these can just be really funny. And I every Christmas I play some of these, um, the ornament one, if you guys remember that. Uh, there's some that are just so, so cute. And they kind of bring us back to the 60s and 70s, our childhood, maybe even the 50s. There's one from the 50s as well. And uh, I love these stories from the moth. Um, I have to pick and choose. But if you ever get a chance to go to the moth, listen to Edgar Oliver. Edgar Oliver is... Um, an interesting one because uh, he is um, got a very interesting voice that is very very iconic. You once you hear it, you can't unhear it, and it's very it's very 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 good. In fact, um, he tells some stories about him and his sister, and you're going to think he's like the strangest person on earth when you listen to him. And his stories are just hilarious. This is a snippet of his voice. Father, Helen and me. No one ever made it 
into our house, especially relatives. Mother was deeply suspicious of relatives. And if some old friend from mother's past did dare to pay a visit, they wouldn't have been there very long when mother would begin sobbing and screaming. You've been listening to the vicious gossip about me. I can tell. <laughs> that is Edgar Oliver. So he has a bunch of them on there, but they're, they're pretty funny. He's really creepy, but he talks about him and his sister Helen and his mother in Atlanta, Georgia. Anyway, if you just need some something lighter <laughs> to, to deal with um, as you're dealing with the news and politics of this world right now, sometimes it's a little nice escape if you can find one that isn't totally liberal. Um, they're, they're great. But I hope I, I hope I could uh, help you with, uh, with this Friday going into this weekend. And, um, and of course, I'll take a call or two if you want right now. But I just, with everything going on, listen, yes, Bill Gates keeps talking smallpox released at airports. I know. I, what, do you, what do you do? Well, you arm yourself with the things that we've talked about, Saracena, Purpuya, um, tincture, extract, and that the, the news of that and how to get that is right on the website, uh, katedallyradio.com. You can go to show notes. But I just, I just, uh, all we can do is prepare. And all we can really do is, is try to get through this, but also show up and be counted and start standing up for your liberty. Start standing up for your liberty in every way you can. And I'm really encouraging you to, to strike next week. Because if we can have a big enough show of this and so many people behind it, then um, it'll make an impact. They'll realize somebody will wake up, more will wake up. And that's positive. That's a positive thing. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. You better love your liberty. You better love your liberty. People swim over in the ocean to get here to have some. And we better start standing up for it. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Wow, Kate, great show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so a Republican. Mm-hmm. I'm not a grimy old prostitute. <laughs> these, these people have got to be thrown out of government. I know they do. They, 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 they do. They've been, they've been weaned on government gravy. I know. They, 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 don't, they don't know who we are anymore. No, they don't. Uh, no, most of them haven't even ever had a job outside being paid by our tax dollars. Freedom can only work for a just and moral society. Amen. It just doesn't work. Amen. I love that. Thank you for that. Amen. If there was ever a time when you need to be counted on the right side of history for this, it would be right now. Because once we lose body autonomy, we don't stand a prayer. There's 300 more shots in the works. If you want to become a literal pincushion for the profiteering and the evil designs of the people that are running things right now, then just sit quietly by and hope it'll all, it'll all go away. The problem is it won't go away unless you take a stand and sacrifice. So you're going to have to. It's going to be uncomfortable. But we're going to have to. Otherwise, we don't stand a chance. So we got to do this for our kids. They cannot have a world where they are a pincushion and shot up with everything in the universe. 
they removed the or they've added a blood thinner in the shot in the clot shot for the kids, but they kept it in for the adults over 12. They consider an adult over 12. What does that tell you? Yeah. Stand up, fight back. Be faithful, be fearless. I know you can and I know you are. I learn a lot from you. Be fearless. I'll see you guys back here next week. Have a good one. KateDallyRadio.com. Share the compilation Damning Clips episode two. And I just wanted to let you know about a new product that I fell in love with, and I want you to have it too. And you can get a special deal on it right now. It's a wonderful sanitizer that really cleans, hospital grade. They use electricity to do it, and it's really natural. And it's not sticky. This It doesn't have alcohol in it. It's just an amazing new product. And it's concentrated, so you actually get tons of bottles of it for a really low price and it stores well for prepping. So I would highly recommend this and get it while you can. Um, Instead of $250, you can grab it for 44 bucks. This is at the bottom of my homepage. You can find the the little ad on the, on the bottom of my homepage, katedallyradio.com. Click on it. You'll love this product. We need a new kind of clean to do that. Clean Start combines two of nature's most powerful forces, water and electricity, to produce electrolyzed water, or HOCL. HOCL is your body's first internal response after an infection or trauma. In fact, it's significantly more effective at killing bacteria, viruses, mold, and mildew than bleach or other household cleaners. Clean Start's globally patented tablet-based hand sanitizer turns any quart of tap water into FDA-approved alcohol-free hand sanitizer and registered wound care solution to a new kind of clean. Clean Start.